take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call The Finleys on Film. Evening, Mr. Finley. Hello, Mr. Finley. How are you, sir? Doing good on this delicious evening. Yeah. Yeah. Ever tell you about... um, when I was um, in college, in an, an earnest mood to become a writer, and I was taking creative writing courses. Yeah. By the way, I love the, the idea that I could just go, yes, and then we could fuck you oh, up. It doesn't matter no. at all, yeah. No, no, go ahead. I, I passed that. The yes and skills are, I don't even, so, so I, uh, sorry, that's actually not what I meant to say, but but I was in this um, creative writing class, and I don't remember what I turned in, but the deal was you had to make photocopies and pass them out to everyone. And typically, no one read them until like the night of the class anyway, right. except for the professor. But So we pass it out, and this, this professor who I really admired, um, it was like my turn on the chopping block, which was always a little bit scary if anyone's ever taken a, a creative writing class. No matter how many times you do, there's a little bit of trepidation. Oh, sure, of course. And, mm-hmm. so, so this professor um, starts his comments this way. And he says, um, does anyone here know how they make goose liver pate in France? <laughs> and so we're all a little stunned. And uh, he goes, this could break horribly bad one way or the other, right? So we're all a little stunned. And I'm a, the most sort of like, no, how do they make, uh, Professor, how do they make oh, goose liver pate in France? And he goes, well, so... They force feed the geese, and and he describes this funnel essentially that has like a corkscrew end at the funnel. Yeah, and he says they 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 pry the beaks open, and they force this funnel down, and then they screw the funnel down into their throat so that this funnel is like just stuck in their throat, and their their beaks are wide open, and then they just feed them grain, and he says they he, he they feed them grain until their livers are fatty and the size of a football. And then he paused, and he said, that's what your writing is like. <laughs> Which I thought was some of the best commentary I ever got from anyone about a piece of writing, because he was absolutely right, of course. Wow. But what a, what a great way to say it. And he was thinking... the absolute fuck? How long did that motherfucker have that like in his bandolier of shitty things uh, to say this You know what's funny is... He's been saving that for years. Well, years later, I taught creative writing, and I, I actually had the gall <laughs> to try to use it on someone, and it had zero effect, because it, it was his. Uh, yeah. I committed two crimes, yeah. which is to try to steal his commentary. Mm-hmm. So, so I was thinking about that, and then I was thinking about... <laughs> I saw recently the movie Get Out, which is not a classic movie, but I just want to talk about it for a second. Okay. And I'm going to talk about it in a way that I doesn't... Because I know you haven't seen it, yeah, and I don't think it. it'll spoil it for anyone else, yeah. because... Um, so Jordan Peele, uh, right. one half of Key and Peele, mm-hmm. um, writes and directs this film Get Out, and it came out last year, 2017. And it's... I mean, first of all, the, the concept is fucking... It's great and so obvious now. Like I can't believe no one's really ever done this before, which is to make a horror film about race. Right. Um, yes. And so it's like, okay, how do you? And I'm just going to say this: it is a great film. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. It, it it met and exceeded all expectations I had for the film. It's well executed. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a great horror film. Oh. It's a great film about race. It's a great race horror film. He paces it in this really sort of int- like I think a good like Hitchcockian film, if you will, and mm-hmm. it has Hitchcock qualities about it. This film, mm-hmm. um, the tension gets racket- ratcheted up slowly okay. in, in really sort of unique and subtle ways. Hmm. And and I mention all of this to say this. <clears throat> 
that it's a it's a film that to me succeeds at about ninety percent of the time. Now, one of the ways that that Peel Jordan Peel has to ratchet up the tension about terror and horror and race is how do you do that? Because racism is typically mm. well, the way we talk about it normally is not nuanced. But there is a nuanced mm. concept about racism, and it's this. It's the microaggression. Mm-hmm. So I'm, not, I'm still not going to give anything away, but I will say this. The one fault <laughs> I can point to in this film is that some of the tension is ratcheted up much in the same way, Tom, if you'll get this reference, that Lenny Bruce talked about relaxing your colored friends at parties. Right. So it's sort of like parts in the film that have the equivalent of like um, this type of racism. Ah, that Sammy Davis sure could tap dance. And right. it's like, well, that no one ever says that. <laughs> right, 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 right. No one ever says, like, I know black people. Like, <laughs> it could have been that that happened initially. Right. But I think even racists are too sophisticated now in any subtle way to go, like, I know black people. It's just sort of like too much of a. So does it work? Fuck, I don't know, dude. Maybe. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna suggest that you maybe are spending a little too much time in academia. You don't spend a lot of time with people who don't read books. I unfortunately, because of my job during the day, have, I mix with some of these people. I can see okay. that reaction coming from more than a few of these people. You mean people? I'm talking about people who actually practice that type of. Yes. Okay. Yeah, All right. Who, who would absolutely would un, with, without any irony whatsoever be like, I know black people. I know. I have a black friend who would uh, say something like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So 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 it kind of uh, undermines my point, but I'm going to go ahead with the point anyway, okay. even if my evidence wasn't good. And it's this: that even if my criticism, that small criticism of the film, were huh? true, and by the way, it could also be undercut um, by the fact that academia or like that. I'm just not likely to sort of recognize it. Maybe it is happening in my life. I'm, I'm doing it. I don't recognize it. Who knows? Right, right, right. Putting all that aside, if my criticism even had any value, it's still a criticism of somebody who's doing something new. You can't do something as new as Jordan Peele is trying to do without right. having, you know, flopping in small areas. And right. I'm talking about this is an A film. Okay. But it's still. And anyway, so I bring up the whole writing criticism of my professor and I read up, I bring up Get Out and Jordan Peele. Please. Because we're talking about Ida Lupino. Ida Lupino. In this special Finley's Fine Reserve. Oh, yes. Number three, I believe. Number three at, yeah. edition. We're dealing with Ida Lupino, not the actress. But Ida Lupino, the director. Yeah. And I think... I, I had no idea she was a director until we... A we, lot of we, people don't really know that about her. We got off on this little tangent here, yeah. yeah. I well, mean, I know her from um, High Sierra. High Sierra, she it. plays Marie. She, uh, later on, I remember seeing her um, as the mother in Junior Bonner, uh, starring Steve McQueen, 1972. Oh, yeah, okay. Right. I remember seeing her in, like, Alfred Hitchcock Presents a Few Things. And, yeah. and it's like she was always... Um, a, a striking beauty who aged well mm-hmm. and was just a uh, matronly beauty. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so I no, agree with you. The, I, I did see some pictures of her in that, that uh, some of her plastic surgery caught the fuck up. With oh, her. I didn't. Okay. Later on. But anyways, yeah. But well, still, I mean, okay, anyways, let's go. So, well, the, well, the point is, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, we're talking about this the, the, uh, Hollywood beauties who um, were just too goddamn interesting for yeah. their level of beauty. And she was one of them. And, and I think she was even called like the, I, I didn't know she was British first of mm-hmm. all, but she was the Anglo Jean Harlow. Yes, right, right. And so mm-hmm. she's and rather than a platinum bond, she's the, the dark, mysterious woman. She's God. She's just a drop she's a, dead knockout she's pretty, woman. She's pretty pretty. I'll grant you that. But the thing about her is, is that she did these really interesting things. So so somewhere, mm-hmm. um, and as a Warner Brothers player, 
um, after doing things like High Sierra and they drive by night, she she just got kind of bored with, with being right. an actress. <laughs> yeah, she and did. she also was she, like, she was she was also getting offered roles that were beneath her, and she was the, stridently against playing those roles. So she's like that guy over there. He who's directing. Uh-huh. I think I'd like to do that. And so then we see. So there's that. So there's yeah. there's Ida Lupino, the director. Mm-hmm. Ida Lupino, the sort of um, she and her second to last husband, who was a writer, Collier, I think his name was. Right. Um, had this had this production company called like the filmmakers. Uh, sort of misspelled the filmmakers. I think yeah, it was called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so 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 okay. She's not the the first woman director, but she's still pioneering. She's the one. Well, first off, she started off inside of the studio system, and I think there's a, there she is part. She is considered maybe one of the few women directors in the studio system at, at any point. Not for a very yeah. long period of time. Yeah, yeah. But she did some stuff under Jack Warner and company. In a studio system. Yeah, in a studio yeah. system, right? Not officially. And then later on went on, basically became sort of a John Cassavetes, you know, yeah. Nicholas, you know, putting the shoestring, uh, you know, independent director. Well, and, 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 and what came with that, the sort of the gold <laughs> that comes with that is that she, she is tackling... She, she's an issues director. Very interesting yeah. issues. She gives a fuck about, like, uh, she's not after an Oscar. She's after, she's she wants to tackle these issues and sort of put them on a plate. And it's really kind of cool. And this comes from an interesting, very man. interesting woman. Oh, yeah. 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 Her, his, her, her father was a sort of like um, British vaudevillian or whatever they call mm-hmm. vaudevillians over there. And, and uh, who, who, Desperately wanted her and her sister to become actresses, so that she, he built them a stage in the backyard. And they uh, were like, "Dad, we want to be writers." I mean, yeah. what, what a great fucking interesting family! So, so uh, Dad, we want to work at CBS. What are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah. So she was a like, little. She, I, I, I read where she was a little bit resentful of having been pushed as hard as she was into acting. Yeah, she was, uh, there were other things that she would rather have done that would have been more creative and used her intellect. And so, but she eventually she got to kind of do that with her directing. Yeah. So we're just, so we're just starting off before we even talk about her first film that we're talking about. I think a very interesting person who most people who are into classic films and any sort of deep level already sort of know the she's name a, as a beauty a, and an interesting actress. And a name, like she's a name. Yeah, for sure. It's also a very, it's a very unusual name that she's got. Ida, Ida Lupino. I always liked that one. I always thought it was, she was Italian. Or yeah, of course. Ida Lupino. Ida was very Dago. I think, I think her, like, her, like her acting forebears came from Italy initially. Ida Lupino with glam sauce. <laughs> Lupino Casino. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, so and there's a now. I gave some parmesan over that kid. Let's get going. <laughs> One of the films, the second film, I'd, I've seen a million times. The first film, I did. I think we saw each saw the first time this week, mm-hmm. and then I didn't realize there was a film the first I'd seen before that came in 1949 that was issues driven, and it was called Not Wanted no. in 1949, and it's about. Um, about me? Fuck. Oh, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> just been prophecy movies about together about me. Uh, Tommy's li- little uh, Lupin. Get, 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 get some Parmesan on that kid. Let's go. <laughs> Keep it away from the great uh. So Not Wanted from 1949 um, was uh, not one of the films we're going to talk about, but I uh. had seen it before, mm-hmm. and it was about um, a woman who um, um, has an affair, uh, uh, an unmarried woman who has an affair, with a passing through town musician mm-hmm. who um, then moves on to a different town and she sort of obsessively stalks him and then while stalking him moving on to a different town finds out that she's pregnant by him oh, and he yeah. shows no interest in her which is a sort of interesting parallel to Ida Lupino's own life mm-hmm. because she w- had an affair 
while married to Collier and had to leave Collier because she was impregnated by this other man while she's doing all these movies about women's issues. Wow. She's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> I love Ida Lupino, man. She's, the she's best. out of her mind. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm going to live these things as well. I think so. Oh, so, my. Okay. So, should we start with 1950s outrage? Outrage. Yeah. I've never seen this before. No, I had, I, neither had I, and, and it's fortunate that um, a lot of Lupino flicks are either on YouTube or there's a, another site, I'll, I'll look at it later, with great women directors of classic movies, that mm-hmm. a lot of great prints to be found for free of Lupino movies, including Outrage from 1950. Now, I got to say this about uh, this uh, movie. Well, I mean, should we talk about the movie first? Uh, about you talk about, do whatever you want. Eh? Uh, okay, let's, uh, I just got to say that like, one thing I found that uh, of the two Lupino- Oh, don't do that. Oh, son of a bitch. Now, see, he's actually talking about touching my balls, everybody. You can't see him, but it's true. Okay. Anyways, but the... Uh... <laughs> God, terrible. Oh, Go ahead. Um, but the, um, the one thing I found that's sort of common about her movies is that I think she's so into the message that she's, in, she's against anything getting in the way of that. So her movies are really stripped down. There's not a lot of, I mean, there's there's not a lot of twists and turns because she doesn't want that getting in the way of what's going on. Oh yeah, okay, see what you it, mean. It hurts. It's, it's storytelling, but it's very straightforward storytelling. Mm. It's not, it doesn't have a lot of twists. There's no, no, there's no, there's no. She had a penis the whole time going on here. No, <laughs> that sort of took me off movie. my game much a little later bit. Later movie. Well, I mean, I think um, you're right. I, I her techniques are kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. She's a well-crafted director, and she's, she's experimental really and interesting. Straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's um, nice. Yeah, but but actually, in in some ways, the plots are um, stripped down, and I appreciate that. Anyone yeah. who likes Hemingway appreciates the stripped down approach to to artistry. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're actually um, it's a little bit of a disappointment. We can talk about that too. But outrage is is essentially about a, a young, a, a very attractive, very young attractive, woman, young, hubbity, 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 we shouldn't be talking like that's true so yeah she's, she's actually she's assaulted they never say rape but she's viciously assaulted and pepper and we all know that she is jesus god damn it she is uh i'm i need another partner yeah Somebody please matter. volunteer for this yeah. fucking thing so yeah yeah no uh, she, so, so uh so yeah so she's uh she's like an accountant at a, at a factory or something and, yeah she's well yeah she's got like an office job or something like that she's, well, she's heading home late one night and this well wait let's i think we should set up this first because the film sets us up with um she lives with her parents and and she has a suitor yes that's right. um who's a gentleman a, caller of you know it's just so cute the erstwhile suitor who shares his little sammy you know tuna sammies in the park with her meets yeah. her for lunch and they're so in love and the sort of out in the background menacing coffee um yeah, like, yeah, truck like runs guy. the coffee truck like across from her work yeah the, like, the roach, hey, the hey, roach coach asshole right yeah, yeah. hey toots ah can i get that, your number yeah oh well, yeah that fucking guy it's 1950 so it's either three or four <laughs> so he so she's in this i mean it's I mean, I, one of the faults of the film immediately is she's how... A little, she's a little too innocent in some sense. A little too innocent, and the turns are a little too, like, suddenly deep. So it's like, as Tom says, she she's assaulted one night because she's working, like, a double shift or something. Right. But, but the terror that she feels when the coffee guy just says her name oh uh, hey lady oh help right, right, <laughs> that's right. a little ridiculous right right but it, well it, i mean she was just doing a double shift and that's more than their you know women can really handle sometimes oh that was too far fuck you anyways yeah no she so, does she goes way off the deep end she has she like does, you know yeah. she has this this, this, this sort of larger than life this larger than life yeah. uh sort of panic attack yeah. uh running from uh, again that's 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 you know coming from a strictly white male perspective it seems a little overblown but what the fuck it's part of the movie 
Right. Yeah. I, well, so, so yes. And so that's the storytelling part. That's a little clumsy, but, mm-hmm. but you know, Ida Lupino, the director, her hand is ever present because during the kind of clumsy storytelling of the sexual assault itself, the, the, I mean, honestly, it is a little clumsy. You know, no, she, I just pictured her hand coming from off screen. <laughs> the hand of Lupino. Put your penis there. Put you your Lupino back. <laughs> okay. So, so is that the, the way that the rape is executed artistically on film is kind of actually interesting. In oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That she hopped, and it, there's, there's a horn that, that creates a sort of like, uh, it, the horn gets stuck in a truck. Right. Um, she sort of is passing out as a guy is approaching her. Right. The camera sort of wheels around the building, so so away from the impending rape, mm-hmm. and then we have this upshot at toward an open window where a man is irritated and closes the window because of the the blaring horn and all these sort of figurative language is going on like oh here's the witness that is shut off by this crazy noise and there's also the other thing too where is did that make any sense i'm sorry was that too complicated for people i'm saying okay no watch it you'll see what he's talking it's 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 interesting interesting you see it and you'll note it yourself trust me okay but there's also the thing where like as he's approaching her and as the act is going to go down the camera pans in very closely on a rather bold scar on his neck yes and and old and then that sort of fades out and that's her passing out yeah and but, that's what she remembers of the attack throughout the rest of the movie. But also, there's a the railing star. across his eye. So from her, so it's great sort of camera work from the victim's perspective, mm-hmm. in that there's a bar across the guy's, literally like woodwork across the guy's eyes, and mm-hmm. only a scar. Right, right. So that's all she has to tell the police. And so yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no. Uh, so anyway, so that okay, that happens. She gets home. She's uh, she survives the attack, yep. but she's clearly very very brutally traumatized by this whole thing. Decides to go back to work to sort of show everyone a couple of days later. And and now here's a part where I initially thought, oh, more clumsy filmmaking, and I thought, no, more accurate shitty portrayal of America uh, at that time because it's 1950 and it's like yeah. everyone's whispering. There's the girl who got raped. Oh, yeah. Tee <laughs> and she's like, well, go she's... ahead and stare, everyone. And you know what? Yeah. I don't think it was exaggerated. I think probably a lot of that stuff went on. Oh and yeah, does go on actually. Yeah, it does go on. Right. <laughs> and will probably go on. And, and we only have the evidence of uh, of our eyes and our knowledge of people to, to know that that's true. In any event, you wow. Know. But but you're but, yeah, but it does you do that and become president, Tom. Well, wow. that's ridiculous. No, that's never happened. <laughs> no. We'd never grab him by the Constitution. That. Oh, hey, oh, fuck me. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, no, you're right. It just it will. It seems. But it doesn't seem unnatural. Like I, I, I agree with you. At first, mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be a little trite, but it turned out. Like, yeah, and no, I get it. Yeah, that would probably happen. Well, and even if it wasn't happening, people are stand, people stand at work in pairs and talk to each other. And if you're of the right mind, which she is, yes. it's traumatized. Yes, it doesn't matter what the fuck you're talking you're about. You're it from talking her about her to her, right? Right. And so she flips out on that whole scene, including her parents, who are treating her to nicely and her boyfriend who she no longer wants anything to fucking do with you know why because he's got a penis and she needs to take a break from that and and by the and way i get it, it, it she, lupino does a great job of of the the character sketches because the the boyfriend the fiance nice. he he actually is from his point of view mm-hmm. is trying to be nice yeah. and 
from any enlightened point of view, even though he's trying to be nice, it's totally unbearable. So he's just sort of like, listen, I'll forget that this ever happened. Believe me, we won't even mention it. It, it won't yeah. sully you and my eyes a bit. And it's sort of like, thank you and fuck you. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. And he's like, didn't you hear me? I all still the- love you. And it's like, Ugh. All the things I want to hear are not the things I want to hear right now, buddy. And there's no way he could even know that, right? So it's... And so this is where it's actually kind of ahead of its time or yeah. mature or taking this sort of like a woman director's point of view. I mean, it's really interesting. And I guess her her then husband, who who got the shaft from her as she cheated on him the next <laughs> year, unfortunately, who who was the the writer of you this. You know thing. what? But the difference is, he had it coming. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so she has her Jane Eyre moment. She yeah. kind of flips out mm. and flees like from everything she knows. She wants to get away from. Does she flee to Rochester, New York? Uh, no, she flees to Rochester from Jack Benny. Hello, Mister Benny. <laughs> so she flees. She gets up, gets on a bus, gets off in the middle of nowhere, and mm-hmm. like ends yep. up in, in 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 very small town America. Yeah. Uh, she where she is uh, she is accompanied by a fucking saint. <laughs> yeah, well, it's weird how he meets. He's her. the one person in this movie that yeah. makes me go, oh, shut. It's a little out. too much, little but bit. it's weird how he meets her. He 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 kind of saves her. It's like white, white knighting saving her, but he saves her because she's sort of like. Um, tired from being on the run, just sort of passes out in the middle of a field. Right. And this guy comes along. And it's now, here's what's kind of interesting. Like, what you doing, Mrs. Benny? Hi. Let's play some cards. So this guy is um, uh, essentially a, a preacher. Yes, or a layman, a layman man of the cloth or something. I mean, interesting, like, now here's a visual shot Lupino gives us. In order to save her after she's passed out, he picks her up mm-hmm. and takes her to a place where she wakes up in a bed that she doesn't like she's not familiar with so it's sort of yeah. like whoa this like it never stops for her right. as it, i imagine never stops for real sexual assault victims. exactly yeah but i think that's i think this is actually a really nice and subtle but i thought the same thing we were not sitting there watching this movie together right so i had the same thought so yeah great no go ahead yeah so right. so it's like she's so, i mean so what happens is basically she's in this town um near los angeles uh, orange grove capital of the world anaheim or something and and she sort of ends up spending time in the town with this preacher who's a friend, mm-hmm. um, sort of living out a new life, working in this orange packing factory, um, getting to know the locals who under who, who somehow are under the tutelage of this this minister, understand that something's not right, but it's really not their place to uncover right. what's not right. right. Let her be mm-hmm. whatever she's going through. Let her go through it. Right. Right. OK, so but here's the thing. She's still a hopa. Hot piece of ass. Local oh. youth, lo- <laughs> wow. local young gentleman, regardless. Okay, they let her heal for a little while, but some guy definitely wants to get all up in them guts. So there's a dance. And by the <laughs> so way, there's a dance. Now here's she where goes to it. And, yeah. yeah. 1950s perspective. The guy is doing something again that's very much not saltish it's just sort of douchey which is like come on let me give you a kiss sweetie let me give you a kiss yeah, let's, let's let's be uh, hmm. please yeah pushy male uh sexuality mm-hmm. is how half of it happens man yeah sometimes so uh wait, wait, it's, uh, so what this guy's half of half of all half of all sex happens because men are just pushy dicks who never shut up mm. who just keep push and probably go past the point of taste i've seen that a lot particularly mm-hmm. in the stand-up comedy mm-hmm. world but um, this guy definitely comes over comes over that edge a little bit. Yeah, but but not deserving what of what happens, which <laughs> she, is that she grabs a she, wrench and she, just clocks him. Oh, almost she kills just him. fucking prison pop. She just prison pipe wrenches his ass. And it's clear that she's like, she's, take that, Mr. Bailey. And she beats the hell out of him with a violin. <laughs> so so 
She remember Twitch Fun with a voice. Uh, anyway, so she clocks yeah. him fucking soon. Well, she puts him in she puts him in the almost near hereafter. And it, it, what follows is a, a brief sort of like you know unofficial sort of trial like local county trial right. about uh, whether she should be indicted essentially for the right. for the crime it's of attempted murder right. it's a little cute it's a little cute but i will say this it does in its cuteness for a 1950 get yeah. out in the open some real issues about like hey do you blame anyone who's been through this traumatic experience for overacting physically toward people who won't get the hint right yeah no and of course it's like yeah it's like a bullshit as far as a police procedural goes this would not fucking happen (laughs) at all compare this to m for instance it's (laughs) ridiculous yeah yeah but but it but it's from like the it's from like we all wish like a compassionate uh criminal system would deal with victims Uh, this is this that's what that's what we're seeing well absolutely you have artists who deal with it and that's what lipino's doing yes right exactly right so this is her this is her canvas Oh, she's no. right now. She's going to put a little happy cloud, oh, a little happy cloud, like next a little Thomas happy cloud. Kincaid, who's a, a little Thomas lawyer, Smith. <laughs> a little uh, happy lawyer cloud right here. Oh yeah, that's going to be a little tree. A That's a tree of judgment of right commentary. there. Okay. All right. So, um, I would say the biggest failing of the film, which it's not a great film, but it certainly is an interesting. If like film can be history, like cultural history, it's a really interesting yeah, film. Yeah. Um, I would say that where it falls apart is at the very end, which is this: once she is not indicted, uh-huh. and she's like feeling herself again, the solution is let's send you back home to your fiance, right. where everything will be good again. And it's like, well, that's not really. That the probably part isn't of this film. actually what's going to fix the fucking problem. <laughs> that's like, like what she, you know, now in our cynical age, now we'd be like, oh, they're they're going for a sequel. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna club mm. her fiance to death, mm. and that's gonna be the next movie. I like that. Oh yeah. That could be you something like a, a you project just like a we rough. take on. It's like a roughing. So our next film is. Um, <laughs> Let's move on, Mr. Bennett. Let's go. Come on. Uh, uh, Nineteen. Ida Lupino <laughs> as director again. Oh yeah. Uh, by the way, this opens us up. Uh, you said you've seen this movie before a um, hundred times. Really? I, I never, just love. I I I've love never this seen film this for some movie. reason. Okay. For reasons I can't defend, I simply love this film. Mm, let's go. Okay, so this is a 1953's The Hitchhiker. The Hitchhiker. Now the reason not I not starring Rutger Hauer. No, I don't know the reference you're making, but it's Evan O'Brien, Frank Lovejoy, and William Tallman. And William Tallman, to me, is the reason I love this film so much. He's the bad guy. He's the bad guy nah, in this film. Now he, He's fucking great. People would know him as District Attorney Berger, who was just constantly shit on on, on uh, Perry Mason. Oh, talk to me. Okay. Every fucking episode of Perry Mason, he's just fucking flummoxed in mm-hmm. the last five minutes about what old old, old uh, Perry's Burr, <laughs> old pre-Ironsides mm-hmm. does to him. Mm-hmm. God damn it, Perry, is what he's thinking. <laughs> and um, But in this, uh, I think, which is a little bit before the Perry Mason series, um, he is a, a Kansas killer who's sort of hitchhiking around mm-hmm. and, of course, just murders everyone who's stupid he's, enough to pick him he's up. He's a killer. I mean, they even call, they call, what's, what's his name? His name is Killer or something. I like killer that. McGee. Just, killer Lapino. Killer. There's nothing much to it. He kills him with his Lapino. Right. He fucking, oh, God damn it. Uh, so, yeah, so he's a, he is a killer. He's on the run from the law. And so he uh, comes across these. Um, Two gentlemen. He's a, he's a hitchhiker, basically. Yeah, Roy and Gil. Edmund O'Brien right. and Frank Lovejoy. Frank Lovejoy I've seen before. Of course, everyone Edmund knows O'Brien. Edmund O'Brien. The great and Edmund you, O'Brien. you made a great comment, and I had thought it like at least one time when I seen it, which is like they have a very broke bound 
Brokeback Mountainish relationship. <laughs> I really do. I man. mean, that's the most hack comment to make. It Brokeback Mountain yeah. jokes. I get they're it. They're like a romance, dude. They're like totally. <laughs> no, they're dudes. But there really is something is, like this that. This is what we used to do. This is two dudes used to just go fishing every yep. once in a while mm -hmm. and maybe fall into each other's answers, or maybe not. Sure. It was not a gay thing one way or the other. It wasn't no, even part of the, the comments. No, no, no. But now it's, I mean, they're now, called now lures, Tom. No, it's a bro date or whatever, bromance, blah blah, whatever. In any event, okay, so they're they're gonna go up. They're gonna they're gonna tickle the fish out of the stream and into their little mm -hmm. baskets, and they're gonna enjoy some some delicious trout or whatever. That's their thing. They're going up. They're gonna have some fun. That's just a couple of dudes doing so. Yep. And they're also it's not post nineteen eighty, so they decide to pick up a hitchhiker. Yes. I think I love the fact that like the 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 fundamental premise of this movie would be un undoable today. Well, here's who what, the fuck would pick up a hitchhiker? I'll tell you now? what's really interesting about it's not interesting at all, but only because you said it. I was not going to say it. I actually hitchhiked the same route, route mm -hmm. to the same place they went, Santa Rosalia, Mexico. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that, but like now in 2018, would anybody I do that? I consider 20 years ago to be so. now, basically. Yes, you Isn't do, and that's kind of the we're, that's called we're that's called we're old and Ooh, no longer relevant. I just caught that. Oh. Holy fuckity fuck! <laughs> Sorry, dog. So anyway, yeah. Any of it? Let's get off. So they they pick let's... him up, and he, of course, boom, pulls out a gun and takes over the ride, and then and that's that's what I'm saying. Her movies are straightforward. Yes, this That's one is certainly movie. more straightforward. Yes, but what's great is the study of right. He's he is fucking menacing and mean and mean. He's fucking psychologically mean. A torturing. <laughs> he just psychologically tortures the fuck out of Edmund O'Brien's oh, character. Oh, poor Edmund O'Brien! Oh my god, he's, he reduces Edmund O'Brien gets reduced to tears oh, in a movie. Can yeah. you imagine? And that? so does the audience. I feel bad for those two oh, fellas, dude. Absolutely. Oh. So yeah, so that's it. Like it's a simple movie, but yep. the execution yeah. is where it's pretty goddamn cool to well, be. Well, she's old. great. This guy's it, such a cop. She plays with the the, the canyon um, roads that yes. are, are supposed to be Mexico in a really like interesting sort of interplay between master shots and close ups, like constantly back and forth. Right. And also, I hate to say this for the real nerd out there, mm -hmm. unmistakably, uh, so many movies were shot on that one stretch of road. If yeah. You, but there's there's a very famous uh, Star Trek episode that was filmed partially on that road. Yeah. But it's uh, but it's this it's this it's this iconic stretch of road with like these desert rocks behind it. It's really kind of cool. And she does great camera work. Yeah. She makes it look like these guys are tra are traveling hundreds of fucking miles. She does a, a pretty she good does, job. Yeah, she's good with the camera. Yeah, I mean, again, it's the storytelling elements where it most falls apart. Even even as straightforward and, and unfuckable as that seems to be with a straightforward story, there's a sort of like the U.S. and Mexican sort of police officials right. working cooperatively to like really stupid little plans right with that out, out <laughs> with the killer and i mean it's it's really ridiculous the whole... kind of, because there's no way to sneak up on the killer on these roads that apparently have nobody else on them. well here's a great here is a great little characterization is there's no way to be assured that you can sneak away from him because he has one bum eye mm -hmm. that is always open so so you can right. never tell whether he's truly asleep or not mm -hmm. it's i think you mentioned we watched this one together can't get away from fred c dobbs fred c dobbs it's got that but i think it's even better yeah not than the whole character of fred c dobbs but that aspect of him going crazy yeah it, I, it's 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 a menacing a menacing movie um mm -hmm. and that, we're not gonna tell you how it ends no i think uh, he probably he may kill them both he may kill them both yeah he might. probably not though mr benny uh, <laughs> ah, get on out of here, Mr. Oh, Benny. Oh, Jesus Christ. And, Dude, you're killing me, man. Me, you're and killing Dennis, me. me and Dennis will be right over here. All right, okay. all right. So I guess um, right. I guess this movie doesn't deserve um, 
I mean, I like it. I probably like it better than Outrage in total. I just find it a fun, fun movie. Well, Outrage is like that's like her package. That's her. That's her point to make movie. This other one, uh, the, the the Hitchhiker, isn't really the same thing at all. Well, don't it's just up, a movie. Don't pick, pick up Hitchhikers. I mean, what? Don't pick up Hitchhikers. Yeah, what? Did you you wouldn't have listened to it you for at a, least until 2017. Just pass it up, Tommy. I'm with you. Well, oh, whoa, pass up. Oh no. <laughs> well, never what mind. Are you thinking that? <laughs> no. Um. Uh, yeah, anyways, but but yeah. uh, I like them both. I yeah. would I would actually for more. It the the Hitchhiker is actually a more enjoyable movie. I think yeah, it is than the it's other fun. one. It's a better movie overall. Yep. Um. Without, but the other one is more socially interesting. Yeah. And worth watching from that angle. For and sure. she is an interesting woman for sure. Interesting yeah. artist. So uh, yeah. I I'd recommend like um you know and very very sort of like a public domain her her de- go check out her work but do not remain films. idle on her lapino okay <laughs> <laughs> pull the plug Mister Bennett I'll go to kill myself all right buddy all right. um thank you by the way for being a Patreon subscriber yeah absolutely we are tremendously grateful to our Patreon subscribers uh please we want nothing more from you what's that we want nothing more from you oh no well for now. At least until mm-hmm. until our empire has grown vast and uh, enormous. But uh, but in the meantime, uh, thank you so much for your patronage and your help. Uh, and uh, let other people know who might be interested. Oh yeah, tell a friend, please.